Okay. Morning. So, today, we're carrying on our series in 2 Corinthians, and we're in 2 Corinthians 5.18, if you uh, want to find it on your phones or in your Bibles or whatever you use. And while you find that, I'll just tell you, tell you a little story. So, somebody I, I know um, once had an interestingly fraught relationship with their mother-in-law. Now, this isn't a mother-in-law joke, this is a... a, this is a you know, this is an actual story. Um, they fell out with their mother-in-law over something pretty trivial, really. And for eight years, didn't speak to their mother-in-law. If the mother-in-law came out to the house, she would ignore the daughter-in-law. And the daughter-in-law wouldn't go to the mother-in-law's house, wouldn't speak to her, wouldn't see her, wouldn't go at Christmas. So after eight years of these two not talking, they miraculously, I think, through prayer and whatever, and through God working, they made up. They had a Christmas together after eight years. And the amazing thing about it was that only a year or a year and a half or two years later, the mother-in-law died. And they'd made or they'd reconciled their relationship. And we're talking about reconciliation today. And that's what reconciliation is. Two people who have been apart, coming back together. And as we come into the passage, I'm just going to pray for us before we actually, actually start. So if you'd pray with me. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you speak to us. And we pray today that you will give us, me the words to speak, and all of us the ears to hear what you're saying to us through the word, so that we can be transformed by your word. We thank you your word goes out and is effective, and we pray your word will be effective today. Amen. Amen. So 2 Corinthians 5, 18 to 20. It does start seemingly in the middle of a sentence. It's picking up from last week. Rob preached last week. Um, so we'll explain that in a minute. But it says this. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. So the passage last week ended with the fact that we've been made new creations in Christ. And Paul says all of this are being made new creations and everything else related to that is from God. Totally his work, completely his work. We can do nothing to make ourselves new creations and even the faith he gives us to respond to him is a work of God. He is completely in charge 
of us being made new in Christ. It's the work of Christ, who Hebrews 9.15 says is our mediator, the mediator of a new covenant. Now, mediator is a go-between, someone who helps people in conflict, like mother-in-law and daughter-in-law, come to agreement. And in the same way that Christ is the mediator, Paul, in verse 20, describes us as ambassadors. So an ambassador is an official envoy who is a permanent representative of a country in a foreign country. So, the British ambassador to France is a British citizen, British citizen, put my teeth in, who permanently lives in France and represents Britain in France. Okay? And ambassadors are based at embassies. So the embassy promotes its home culture in a foreign country. So if you go to Paris and you go to the British embassy, you will be on British soil. It doesn't matter that you're in France. When you're in the embassy, you're on British soil, British laws. It's like being in Britain in France. And Paul says, that's what we are. We are an embassy of heaven on earth, and we are its ambassadors. The church is an embassy of heaven on earth, and we are its ambassadors. Citizens of heaven, representing the kingdom of God in a foreign world. Showing the lifestyle and values and morals of the kingdom, like grace and love and mercy and reconciliation. So we represent that supernatural kingdom on the earth. We can use the culture of the world, we can use the politics of the world, but it's not our kingdom. And like an embassy, when people come amongst us, they come onto the soil of the kingdom. When we gather like this, people who don't know Jesus come in, they're on the kingdom's soil. But the thing is, it's not just a lifestyle of the kingdom that we promote, but it's a message that our kingdom has. And that's where we come to reconciliation. And we can sum up our message in these words of Paul, incredible words of Paul in this passage. In Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. Look at those three words. In Christ, God. So by the work of Christ, on the cross, his resurrection, we're reconciled to Christ, reconciled to God through Christ. But it's a bit deeper than that. God himself is the man Jesus Christ. The word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. Like an ambassador to a foreign country, Jesus comes from heaven, God himself. He lives his life and he dies. So it's not just a work that he does at the cross, but it's that God coming into our world so that we could be reconciled. God and man in one person, reconciling man to God. So he's ended our conflict with God. 
he's restored our relationship with God. Romans 5.10, Paul, same author as this letter, says, if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? Through the life, death, resurrection of Jesus, we are reconciled back into relationship with God. It says the whole world is reconciled to God. Which brings up a question. Is everybody reconciled to God? Wherever they are, whatever they believe, whatever their view of Jesus, just because Jesus died. It's an idea called universalism. This passage can suggest it if you read it a certain way. And as much as I'd love to believe that everybody is reconciled to God just because Jesus came and died, I don't believe it's actually true. I don't think the Bible can give us that idea. I don't think it can give us that freedom to say that. The scripture talks about the world. It talks about the whole of sinful humanity. Not individual people, but the whole of sinful humanity as a mass of people who have lived apart from God and sinned. So Jesus comes to all of that humanity to give the opportunity of reconciliation through faith in Jesus. Through the work of Christ. And so in the same way he has reconciled us to God, he calls us to do the same. And that's what Paul does. Back to verse 20. I implore you, it says in some translations, I beg you, be reconciled to God. And that's our message. The first and most important call of the church is to tell everybody, be reconciled to God. We all, like sheep, have gone astray. We are called to bring people to be reconciled to the God of the universe and be put back in right relationship with him. All the more important when you see that everybody isn't automatically in heaven because Jesus came. And we're to tell our friends and our family members and our work colleagues and maybe some people in this room be reconciled to God. That's our message. There are people living apart from God. There are people who are under God's displeasure. There are people who will go to hell for eternity. We like to cut that little bit out in our modern Christianity. Jesus talked about hell more than anybody else. And Paul here writes, and we take the message, be reconciled to God. We pray and we tell people, be reconciled to God. My father-in-law, both my brother-in-law, my sister and my brother, none of them are Christians. I want them to be reconciled to God. People we go to work with, the people I work with, be reconciled to God. 
And sometimes we don't get the weight of the fact that they are not in relationship with God. So we can celebrate as Christians, and we should. We should celebrate. We've been restored into relationship with God. We can be thankful, worship. Thank you, God, that you would choose a wretched sinner like myself and make me a saint and a child of God. But we don't forget that people perish without him. And our call to them is to bring them back into reconciliation with God. And that can be quite worrying when we hear people say, yeah, well, how do I talk about Jesus? Well, be you. I work with loads of people. As far as I know, they all know I'm a Christian. I don't go in talking about Jesus very much at all, really. Um, not because I'm hiding my faith, I don't. But I just don't talk about my faith that much. But I've had some incredible conversations about faith with people in work who just asked me. The other week I was in on a Sunday and they said, well, why are you here today? It's a Sunday, aren't you in church today? So that was, that's, that's, that's how it starts, isn't it? And God's given you personalities and gifts and people to say, be reconciled with God. You need Jesus. That's the message that God has put on our hearts. And I pray we feel the weight of that message today the weight of the need of people to come to know Jesus, even as we worship him for what he's done for us. And there are whole people groups who don't know Jesus, actually, as well. And I really felt that I was preparing this, and I don't know if this is prophetic, but there are people in this room who may be called by God to go beyond their workplace, to go beyond their families, to people who don't know Jesus. Maybe there's missionaries, maybe there's church planters, maybe there's people in this room, the nations that do not know Jesus. Be reconciled to God. Be reconciled to God. Everyone we meet, anywhere we can go, be reconciled to God. Taking the risk to take the message of Jesus anywhere. Bex and I were watching Chariots of Fire last night. Some of you will have seen Chariots of Fire. Eric Little was a runner, but he was also a missionary to China. And he actually died in China um, as a missionary. But he went in obedience to God after he had won in the Olympics. He was a great runner, but he went in obedience to God and he went to China and he preached the gospel. Because he knew that people in China needed Jesus. He wanted them to be reconciled to God. And look at the results you see the church in China today. That's not just him, that's centuries of people preaching in China. But the church in China is powerful because he took the message. And that's our call. Imploring, begging, please, 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 please be reconciled to God. You need Jesus. And I say it in this room too. I don't know the hearts of everybody in this room. I know most people. And I assume you all, you're all Christians, but I don't know. In this room, be reconciled to God today. 
you've got questions and you've got things you want to know, but don't let that stop you being reconciled to God today because you need to be reconciled to God. You put in right relationship with God today. And you can talk to me about that, Keith, or Rachel, or plenty of people about. So that's the ministry and the message that God's given us. Calling people everywhere because of Jesus' death on the cross. Be reconciled to God. Putting people in that relationship upwardly, if you like, vertically. But there is another way this works out, isn't there? There's always practical workings out. It's very practical to go with the gospel to people. That's very practical. But we should also, as Christians, always be reconcilers amongst people. Reconcilers amongst people. We shouldn't stand, as Christians for division between people that bring pain and death and rejection for gender or race or any things that are used to oppress other people and bring division between people, we should be against that. Calling for reconciliation, and the church hasn't been against that very often. bringing reconciliation amongst people. The world we live in, where we are ambassadors, not our world, not our kingdom, will have its wars. It'll have its wars between nations physically and spiritually. There'll always be people opposed to God who want to divide nations and people. But that's not us. We are citizens of a better kingdom and oppose or should oppose all such things. And Christians are doing this. Christians are doing this. We watched the Alpha video a few weeks ago. We're coming to the end of Alpha now. But there was a video of a man who was involved in the Rwandan genocide. Now, I don't know much about the Rwandan genocide, to be perfectly honest. Others of you might know more, but but he was involved in, he was a perpetrator in this. So he was involved in killing family members, um, you know, sons, mothers, children of other people. And he went to prison for his crimes. And then while in prison, he did an alpha course. And I think he came out and did another one and he became a Christian. He now lives in a community of people made up of perpetrators and victims of that genocide. Together. Reconciliation. I know there's a community in Israel that brings together Palestinian and Jewish Christians in that fraught situation. Bring them together because they love Jesus. And they are then aiming to bring that reconciliation to other people who might not love Jesus and bring peace to that area. I know in Northern Ireland there's a community, I don't know if you know of anybody, Keith, but there's a community that brings together Protestants and Catholics in the same situation, where there's been massive division and, 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 and 
Keith is the person that knows best about that, aren't you, Keith? You've seen a lot of that. But they bring people together, Protestant and Catholic, coming together and saying, we're not supporting this. We're not supporting our names being used to kill other people, reconciling people together. And so as we, ask, as we want to reconcile people to God, what about you on that level? Horizontally, amongst people, do you bring peace and reconciliation or division? Do we gossip about others or speak truth? Again, at work, there's lots of gossip in my workplace, and sometimes I just want to, what did you say about Do we use our politics to divide? I'm a really political person. I'm not going to get political here. We can divide. I've used it to divide, but it doesn't have to divide. But it is a challenge. It's a deep challenge. To be a reconciler, to reconcile people to God, but also to reconcile people to each, to each other, is to be like our God, who reconciles the world to himself in Christ. So we pray. Father, I want to pray for everybody in this room today. We thank you that you have reconciled us to you through Christ. And we thank you that you would come to sinners guilty against you and you would say, I want you to be my children. I want you to be restored to relationship with me. And I pray for every person in this room today that you will help us to take that message to the people we know, be reconciled with God. And to show us where we can be reconciled to other people. Where can we bring reconciliation in our lives? Thank you for your grace on us, Lord. We don't always get it right. So often get it wrong. Maybe we get it more wrong than we get it right, but we thank you that your grace is upon us. And we thank you that you do this in us by your spirit. In our weakness, you are strong. Help us, Lord, this week. Help us as we go on with our lives. Seek to reconcile people to one another. And to you. Amen.